Trust the only payment solution developed for attorneys and recommended by 47 state bars, LawPay. Are you a lawyer who wants to get organized, either at home or work, or both, but you think you don't have enough time? I'm Stephanie Francis Ward, and on today's episode of the ABA Journal's Asked and Answered, my guest, Janet Taylor, is a professional organizer, and she has written an ebook that gives you 30 tips for getting organized in 30 minutes or less. Janet, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here today. So tell me about some of your tips about just taking 30 minutes out of your day to get organized. What's a good place to start? Well, I think a good place really to start is like the night before and just maybe taking 15 minutes to get yourself organized. And that's really getting yourself ready the next day. Because when you take that 15 minutes of focused time to get organized for the next day, you save yourself an hour. And that could be just doing something is making sure you know where your keys are, making sure you have two of the same black shoes, making sure that all the information you may need for a meeting or appointments is together, and even just laying out your outfit. Because then when you wake up in the morning, you're more focused on what you have to do, and you're not spending your time and your energy looking for things, and you're wasting that time. Do you have advice on how to motivate yourself to take those 15 minutes at the end of the day? Because sometimes, I mean, you know, maybe all you really want to do is watch bad reality TV or whatever, <laughs> whatever you do to unwind. What's your, is there something you can do to put something nice in there so you enjoy it, aside from just the reward of being ready to go the next day? I think it's become part of your ritual at in the evening, whereas when you, you get finished eating, you may, you know, do homework with the kids and you just really may put some music on or some sounds or maybe some scents for some people and just take that part of your coming down from a very hectic day, a very busy day, but also just giving yourself that time, that extra time the next day by preparing yourself. And it's just really allowing yourself really to have a good night's sleep because once you get those items in order and all in place, then you can sleep well knowing, okay, I know where my keys are. When I walk out the door, I'm going to actually have the same shoe on. I'm going to have all the information I need because I won't have to get halfway away from home and then have to turn around and come back and pick something up because I forgot it. So it's a way of really giving yourself so you won't have, you'll have less stress and less anxiety and that overwhelmed feeling. Let's talk about offices for a bit because I think with law, people are trying to use less paper, but it can get overwhelming with exhibits and paperwork you have to save and evidence and all kinds of things like that. And you've probably been in a law office and it sort of looks like a hurricane went through it. Um, what is, what's your advice for attorneys in terms of keeping their office in manageable shape so that they know where things are and it doesn't look overwhelming when they walk in. Because that it might be, I think for a lot of people, if your office is a mess, you'd like to have it neater, but it just seems very overwhelming because you have so much stuff. Well, my advice is specifically for when you're you know, involved in a case 
a project is at least at the end of that day is to gather the information and organize it in some way so that when you come into the space the next morning, you can focus on what you need to do. But also, once things are done, final, complete, is really looking at all the information you have, deciding, okay, I need to keep this. I can get rid of something else, but also what can you digitize? What can you scan? What things you need to keep a physical copy of and gathering that information and filing it away? Because I think we need to begin to schedule time for ourselves not only just to make sure that while we're in the process of a project, we keep the information organized, but once we're done, we kind of gather it up, figure out what we need, what we don't need, organize it, file it away so it's out of the way. Because what happens is you move on to the next project, the next case, those papers get shelved to the side, and then you begin to create another pile. But, you know, let's Put those things away so then you can stay focused and find things, too, when you need them. Do you have any advice on things you can buy for the office that might help you stay organized better? Well, I tell people, depending, if people are very visual, desktop organizers, desk trays, or sometimes using what they call vertical space, the wall space, to organize things, have things hanging, clearly label things. But then there are people, you know, who can file things away. And sometimes you don't necessarily need to use a traditional filing cabinet. You can get bins and decorative boxes, but clearly label. And that's the key. No matter what system you use, always making sure things are clearly labeled so you can find them the first time you look. Okay. And it seems like coming back to what you said earlier, perhaps the key to being better organized is to plan ahead the day before, if you can. Is that kind of consistent with the advice that you tend to give people? Yes. It's always in the planning because I think if you, well, the 15 minutes of planning saves you an hour, but when you sit down for an hour and plan things out, it saves you almost four hours. And that planning could be, you know, your strategies, what information you need, what resources you need, who you need to reach out to, who you need to meet with. But just really having that strategic plan will help you be more organized and be more in control of not only your day, but also your information. Because then a lot of times when you do finish those projects, you have that checklist. It's like, okay, this case is closed. Now we can archive this information. We can scan this information. But you have all those details, and those details will then get incorporated into your schedule and into your time. So I have another question. If there's other people in your life, either with your family at home or maybe with some of your colleagues, and they're not very organized either, do you have any advice on working and living with people who are messy and unorganized in terms of not, no, yes, I have no experience with that. Um, but do you have any advice on that? Because I think sometimes, you know, when you're, Sometimes when all of the pieces don't come into place, your plan can really fall apart. And I think a lot of times, and it's particularly with families, I tell people that, first of all, you need to designate a, a clutter-free zone in the house where mm. there will be no clutter. 
so that everybody can respect the space. And then as you see that people are adhering to that, then you can move to other spaces in the home and in the space. You know, to my surprise, my godchildren actually pressured my girlfriend to call me. They said, you need to call Aunt Janet because your craft items are all over the house and we're tired of it. <laughs> and after, and it was interesting, after that project, I realized that that room that was supposed to be her master craft room had become the dumping ground for every member of the family. And once that space was organized so she could use it, her husband began to respect the space because he no longer dumped his briefcase when he came home. She said, Janet, he found another location to put things. So sometimes it's just maybe even getting everybody on board. We're going to organize this space and then having everybody come to an agreement. Let's respect this space. You know, if you want to dump stuff in your bedroom, okay, I'm fine. But let's respect this space. So sometimes it's just a matter of doing something like that. So it's kind of like that thing that I think our mothers often used to say and grandmothers, and I'm going to mess it up, but it's something about along the lines of everything has its place. Yes. Yes. It says a place for everything and everything has its place. Yes. 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 And I'm curious for the work portion of being organized, if you're lucky enough to have a paralegal or an assistant, do you have ideas on how you can let them help you get organized and stay organized? Because I could see where a paralegal might do an amazing job at getting your things in order for systems at work. And I, and I agree because I find a lot of times the paralegal and the assistant they have that organization skill, and it's just a matter of sometimes the people that they may be working with allowing them to just implement some of those systems so that the people they work for can be a lot more organized. And sometimes it's just a matter of sitting down and figuring out what works for both parties. You know, one person may be a visual person and may need the things to stay out, and another person may be fine with filing things away. And a lot of times, sometimes I work with clients who need to have everything in front of them covering their desk. So it's just a matter of me sitting down, communicating, figuring out what works, and then developing a system that will not only help them stay organized, help them keep their desk clear, but also help them find things the first time they look. Now, you had mentioned how if you take 15 minutes the night before to get out the things you need in the morning, the morning will probably go much smoother, barring any fiascos. What are some other good reasons or easy things you can do to get organized that'll save you time in the long run? Well, of course, I mentioned one is always knowing where your keys are. Yeah, Uh, that's huge. And also, another one is having even though a lot of people don't get a lot of mail anymore, but at least having one designated space in the home for all incoming mail. So whenever you decide to open it, shred it, et cetera, you won't have to go all to different places in order to gather the mail just to sit down and process it. I also tell people that, you know, just sometimes just meal planning is a huge thing, even though people don't understand what it has to do with organizing, but a lot of us have, you know, with commute time, you know, long days, 
heavy schedules. So being able to not even think about what we're going to eat when we come home and all we have to do is just pop something in the microwave or in the oven, it really helps us reduce stress and be healthier. I always also tell people when you buy something, even if you don't have the time to put it away, at least take it out of the bag because I find (laughs) what happens is that when people leave things in the bag, they sometimes forget they purchase an item. And then depending on where they left them, you know, they may have left it by the front door. But what happens, the doorbell rings, company's coming, they've got bags, they shove the bags in the closet. And before you know it, months have gone by. And then they decide to do the yearly seasonal cleaning, purging, and realize, I knew I bought this. But because they forgot, they went out and bought something else. So it's just a matter of just some little things that you can do when you come home, when you come from shopping, even something as simple as deciding a best day for you to go grocery shopping saves you so much time. I mean, I realize that where I move now, because I live around a lot of college students, Saturday morning is the best time to go shopping because they're partying all night, (laughs) Friday night. So I can go in and out, you know, and it's just looking at those little things where you can just really capture your time. It it seems like also, I mean, the things that you mentioned, like, you know, having dinner ready to go, little things that you can do just to feel more calm to take care of yourself go hand in hand of being organized. And yes, and it's also realizing how much information you need to keep and you need to hold on to, whether professionally or personally. You know, professionally, there are certain standards in regards to information and how long you need to keep. But think about doing that in your life as well, because when you realize that maybe you don't need 20 years worth of pay stubs, then that's less you have to keep, less you have to maintain, and it opens up more space for something that's very important that you need to keep and you need to access immediately. Okay, let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about how you can stay motivated to be organized after you've taken that big step. We'll be right back. Did you know that attorneys who accept online payments get paid 39% faster on average than those using traditional payment methods? With LawPay, the only payment solution offered through the ABA Advantage program, You can accept client payments online, via email, or in person, no equipment needed. Visit lawpay.com slash podcast to sign up and get your first three months free. And we're back. I'm Stephanie Francis-Ward, and you're listening to the ABA Journal's Asked and Answered. Joining me today is Janet Taylor, a professional organizer, and she is telling us how we can do better with being organized both at home and at work. So, Janet, let's say that, you know, you take that leap and you either get yourself organized or you hire someone to do it. And about three weeks pass and you're kind of starting to go back to where you started from. How could you stay motivated to keep it together with being organized at home and work? Well, I tell people it's a process. And I also tell them that when organizing and even in maintaining Making sure that you schedule time weekly, whether it's 15 minutes, 30 minutes, whatever you need to maintain. Because I know when I travel and I have a lot of things going on in my schedule, 
all I want to do is come home, eat, relax, and probably go to bed. So there may be things out of order, and, and, and that's normal. But what I do is on, you know, maybe a Friday or Thursday or whenever I have time, I do my regroup session, whereas I put my shoes away and, you know, I make sure that all the mail is gone through and all the clothes that I've traveled with and the bags that I've traveled with are away. So that's why I tell people to stay, I said, you don't have to be perfect because perfectionism sometimes gets in the way of us getting organized. I said, just know you have to live life, but take time weekly just to regroup and get things together. And I said, also have a friend, a family member who is going to be there cheering you on because you all need sometimes that cheerleader to say, hey, yes, you know, today I did this. I didn't do that, but you need somebody to help you that way. Okay. And say you wanted to hire someone to help you get organized. What should you look for and about, like, how much does it normally cost if you want to bring in professional help to get organized, both at home and at work? Also, I'm curious if you should maybe one person would be good for your office to help you and another person might be better for your home life to help you with organization. Well, in order to find, first of all, people need to really, you know, have a a meeting with the person, you know, find out what they've done in the past, their skill set, their experience, the clients they work for. Talk to some of their previous clients because I always tell people, here's a list of my previous clients, depending on the project that I'm working on, that I've worked on for projects similar to you. And also just see personality-wise, will you get along with them? Because you are allowing somebody in your home and your office, and really organizers are like the people who really know what's going on behind the closed door, and you don't want somebody that let everybody know what's going on behind the closed door. Mm-hmm. So confidentiality is a really key factor. In regards to organizing, it can be anywhere from $40 an hour on up. Some charge per project. Some have minimums. But in regards to the home and office, I find, at least with my clients, if I start in one area, they usually transfer me into the other area as well because I build up a relationship of them feeling confident but knowing that um, they feel comfortable with me, they can share with me, they know I come in with a non-judgmental, you know, attitude, and I'm there to help them. Like one client, I initially helped her years ago in her office, then I helped her in her home, but recently she lost her mother, and her children came to her and said, Mom, we don't want to go through what you went through with Grandma." So now she's calling me back because she wants me to make sure that all the things are organized in her office. So when she's ready to retire, someone else can just transition smoothly. And then she's bringing me to her home and making sure not only is her physical stuff organized, but also her paperwork as well, those legal documents. And that's another thing I like to make sure my clients have those legal documents organized and secure. So just in case. Well, and that brings me to my next question, and I think that attorneys know that, and maybe sometimes they go overboard and that they they think they need to hang on to legal documents or, you know, code books from 10 years ago, that maybe they don't. Do you have advice on how to really be honest with yourself about what you need 
and what you don't need in terms of getting rid of clutter. Because I think we've all heard that advice. Um, if you don't wear anything for a year, you can probably get rid of it if it's not sentimental to you. Is there advice on that for the office space as well? Well, statistics says that 80% of the stuff we keep, we never reference again. And we wear 20% of our clothes 80% of the time. Just The rest just really hangs there. So in regards to things in the office, of course, there should be standards in regards to what's current, um, what's valid, um, resource information. And if it's not current, valid, or you can use it within the next year or so, you should probably, you know, think about getting rid of it, depending on the validity of it. And in the home, just sitting down with, you know, some estate planners attorneys, you know, your financial planners, and really looking at, you know, your estate, what you have, and asking them, how long do I really need to keep information? Because I shared with you earlier, one woman shared with me, she had 20 years worth of pay stuff, not mm, the um, mm-hmm. pay stuff. And I said, that's a lot of paperwork. I said, you really don't need all of that paperwork. I said, you could just keep the statement, year-ending statement. That would at least be only 22 pieces of paper. But she had right. all those cases. So it's just, you know, and, and also knowing yourself. I mean, for me, I pay most of my bills online. I no longer get a bank statement. So I'm okay with really, once I've paid a bill, I'm okay really with getting rid of that statement sometimes after a month, but definitely after a year. If I paid cash for something, I no longer keep receipts anymore. And the only time I really keep statements now is I'll keep a copy scan of something that I've paid off, like all my student loans. I I definitely have all of that paperwork scanned. But other types of paperwork, you know, you get the new updates for, you know, maybe your cell phone privacy act, okay? So you have the new latest update so you can get rid of last year. And I think a lot of time that's what it is. It's when you get that new updated information, it's going in that file on that bookcase and getting rid of and recycling the old information that it replaces. And I'm curious, would you advise that it's a good idea to keep the Cell Phone Privacy Act? Is that is that necessary? Some people need to I open it and throw it away. <laughs> Well, I usually, for me, I usually, um, some of my clients usually keep that one, that last one, because some Uh of my clients are really, they still like that comfort level of having that piece of paper. Um, Me, I can always go online and get it, but a lot of people still, so I still, you know, I don't like to push people beyond their comfort level, Mm -hmm. and I just allow them to keep what that is necessary, but definitely get rid of the unnecessary paperwork and information. And I'm still trying to get my uncle to get rid of his high school textbooks, even though he's been retired for a few years now. He's been retired for at least 10 years that I know of. So <laughs> it's, it's, it's a comfort level for a lot of people. Well, maybe he can sell his high school textbooks on eBay. It sounds like that might. That might I don't work. know. I don't know. He's, 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 <laughs> but you may not want to encourage that. <laughs> no, I want him to get rid of stuff. I gotcha. I gotcha. So sometimes with attorneys, particularly in litigation, they do have to hang on to large mm-hmm. amounts of files for a certain time period, depending on what the issue is and where they practice. 
do you have advice for staying on top of, say, like 10 banker boxes worth of client files that you have to hang on to for a certain time, for a couple of years? I would suggest that because we have all this wonderful technology is that once you know you have to keep it for a certain time is to either mark it in your calendar, if you have a physical calendar, or just put a date in your digital calendar. So an alarm will go off, you know, September 20th, 2019, we can get rid of everything related to the Jones case. So at Mm -hmm. least it'll trigger that off. And then even if it just gives you a trigger to go through the file, because maybe there's still some things that you need to keep, but not everything, but that will help you continually, you know, purge and get rid of things you don't need. And of course, you know, maintain what you do need as well. Okay. And that's everything we have time for today, Janet. I want to thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much. It has been a pleasure. Yes. And listeners, thank you for joining us too. If you like what you heard today, please rate us an Apple podcast. We'll see you next time for another episode of the ABA Journals Asked and Answered.